0: Take all my loneliness I'm gonna take all my pain And wrap them up inside my memories And never hear from them again Cause there's a new day dawning 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 dawning. And I think it's gonna be alright Cause I almost see the light Of a new day Got to throw away my I won't be
1: needing- Hello again and welcome to I've Got A Beatles Podcast with Dave and Chris, and we're back with a new installment of Apple Scruffs, because it's been a while since we talked about our last scruff, which I believe was Doris Troy,
2: was it not? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been spinning Doris ever since. <laughs> I know
1: you have. It's not always, really. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to say, even though Badfinger was really involved with the Beatles, the, the, one, the subject of today's episode, Jackie Lomax, really has a huge history with the Beatles and is very intertwined with him, and uh, yet nobody could probably tell you who he is. Uh, he's really not a, well, a household name.
2: Yeah, he's a real odd duck. Yeah. If you ask me. And he kind of has an odd look to him, too. Yeah. Well, he's a like, lot of he's not really like a, uh, what you'd think of as a leading man.
1: So. Yeah, it's, a, it's strange. And so today's episode is going to be uh, titled The Curious Case of Jackie Lomax, because as we get into the album and get into his history, uh, it seemed like the stars aligned for him so well, but yet. As I said, and we just said, there's no, nobody knows who he is. And he's, he's been, you know, kind of a forgotten uh, footnote in the Beatles catalog and Beatles history. So uh, we'll dig into him here. And his one album that was on Apple Records was called, Is This What You Want? And that's a question. So, Chris,
2: let me ask you, is this what you want? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not okay. sure I want mu- much of this. <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted it a little bit. There, a little there are, there'll be a couple of examples of some like what I think his direction should have been, and then a lot of examples of what he really loves yeah. that doesn't quite work for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. Uh, a little bit about Jackie Lomax first before we dig into the album. He was, I guess, you describe him as a or uh, people describe him as a blue-eyed soul singer one of the, like a a white british guy who was from liverpool area uh and knew the beatles along uh, from way back but he was really interested in blues and I, I guess you can kind of tell that in his voice and the kinds of songs he writes
2: yeah it's it seems to me that most of his focus is this sort of like a uh, uh, Janis Joplin esque, yes, uh, R and B, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a little I and Tina mm-hmm. uh, uh, arrangement wise. Uh, uh, however, I don't think that's his strength, you know. No, uh, 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 and and it, as a singer, they they uh, on the Apple website they call him a a singer of energy and passion, and I I, I think sometimes it's. A lot more energy than, <laughs> than passion. It comes out, out kind of hollow on some of these, uh, especially the quicker tunes. I just find I'm like, why? <sighs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that. that.
1: Yeah. yeah. But he's got quite a history. He uh, was, as I said, from the Liverpool area and even appeared with the Beatles, uh, or the Silver Beatles, I should say, back in 1960. I think there was a quote that he said he played drums on one track. In Hamburg, uh, yeah, yeah, and was not very good apparently. But uh, he was
2: sort of a pal of Stu, yeah,
1: there. of Stu Sutcliffe, right? So he he went way back with them, and then was at the went to New York for Shea Stadium, and was there for that. Uh, and he he had his own group called oh, the Undertakers, yeah. and they had a kind of a minor hit that you can actually hear on Spotify or YouTube uh, just a little bit. He, so he was he was at the Shea Stadium concert, he was kind of always around and he caught the attention of Brian Epstein who was enamored by his singing and by his group and offered to sign him and then what happened to Brian Epstein? Died. Yeah, so, so chaos.
2: That's gotta be really disappointing too. Yeah. To be at a uh, at a part of your career where it could go either way, and then you you think you get a big break, and then you know the guy dies. I know, yeah, you know?
1: yeah. And this was so. not the first time that there would be chaos in Jackie Lomax's rise to Apple Records. There's a lot of uh, chaotic things that were going to happen. Uh, so at this point, he's still involved with knowing the Beatles, and then he. he ends up being a songwriter for apple publishing uh john lennon was really interested he said oh you should really be a songwriter and you know you should get your own career you should be a front man and so he starts to hang out with john and george and george eventually offers to produce an album but then the beatles went to india and in this is
2: white album 1968 time yeah what happened there well, and then he's like, are they ever coming back? Yeah. Like, like, what's happening with the Beatles? They're in India. Yeah. Is George just going to stay? Yeah. <laughs> and so
1: George obviously did come back. And in the summer of 68, uh, they did start recording some tracks. And uh, actually, if you remember on our Dear Prudence songs under the microscope, we mentioned that Jackie Lomax is one of the background singers on Dear Prudence. And you can hear... Him in the background and he was there That was when he was round, recording.
0: Round, yeah. round, <laughs> round.
1: Right that's it Yeah that's, that's, that's Jackie <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: So he was recording next door uh, And so they did some sessions there And then eventually he and George went to LA Recorded more Came back to London Recorded more And then the album finally came out uh, In 1969 March 21st in the UK in May of 1969, uh, so it took almost two years to record. Uh, but George is the producer of most of the album, and wrote one song that we're going to get into uh, quite a bit because it's it's a, probably a most famous song on the album.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go through the uh, uh, album here. Now it was uh, released in England uh, with a slightly different uh, track listing. It was released in England. The third track on it, "How Can You Say Goodbye," was uh, swapped out for a single, which we heard at the beginning of the show called "New Day." Real hippie esque, <laughs> kind of bland hippie esque lyrics to to that yeah. one. Um, and that and that was that had been released as a single. So they, uh, when they released it in the U.S., they're like, "Let's let's add that track and and subtract." Uh, one of the better songs in the album, yeah. so, very <laughs> curious uh, uh, that they did that, but uh, yeah well, and before we even get in, I want to
1: just to frame oh. just to frame everything for everybody listening just think about so we've got all these factors here you've got support from George we'll see support from Paul, support from John, Ringo plays on it, it, it Brian Epstein I mean this is the next hot star, and yet, as we mentioned, the album just flopped and didn't do anything so I I, as we listen to the tunes I want to think about why why that happened and what are some of the reasons why it may not have worked so uh, I don't know if we can tell that right from the first track from the get-go but I'll let you uh, introduce this first
2: tune all right this one's uh this one starts off and this is gonna be very very much how the uh, many of these songs are Uh, Sort of a a very up-tempo song with Jackie singing very passion (laughs) and maybe a little out of his range in, in the high portions of his range. And it is called Speak to Me. Well, what's your take on Speak to Me, Dave?
1: Well, as you said, it, it sets the tone for a lot of the album's sound, which really reminds me they were all recorded around the same period, but doesn't this remind you of the Doris Troy sound a little yeah. bit with that sort of driving sound with the this one I, don't, I don't, don't think there are horns on this one, but some kind of propulsive bass going with a riff doo doo do, doo do, doo 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 a very Doris Troy like it's in Billy Preston. They all. It's interesting. The Beatles are known for not necessarily being blues influenced uh, primarily, but yet there are three musicians that they signed who all have pretty similar sounding bluesy recordings.
2: Yeah, and I th- I think all all three uh, three of those albums we we haven't really talked about uh, one of them yet, but uh, have. A uh, l- lot extra stuff on it that might might not need to be there. It's very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Very very a uh, solid backing tracks, but like, but maybe a little too busy. Maybe yeah. a little distracting. This this particular one had s- some extra strings on it. That yeah,
1: that just appeared. Uh-
2: <laughs> probably didn't need to be there. No. Uh, good solid piano, solid drums. Mm-hmm. This one's got a weird sort of wah-wah guitar on it uh, in the in the very strange-sounding bridge. Yes. But heavy on the background vocals.
1: Something, like it must have been a big preference of George because he he's the one who's, who produced all these people, Doris Troy and uh, Billy Preston and Jackie Lomax, and this was getting close to the time of uh, Phil Spector, All Things Must Pass. I mean, this was a little bit before that, but still... Same sort of period, so we are building on all these uh, instruments and layers, so it 's very dense.
2: I wonder if the amount of times that George Martin used strings with the Beatles very effectively gave these guys the idea of like oh yeah it 's a lot of strings and a lot of brass on ah the, that's guess, a good theory uh, uh, stuff and and just couldn't since since it's you know, early in George Harrison's producing career didn't quite uh, know sometimes when was too much and when yeah. wasn't, yeah, so I would say this song it is too much, too busy so so song and and uh I'm not <laughs> a huge fan of uh Jackie's voice on these on these uh more up tempo pieces no i I'm going to make a general
1: comment about Jackie's voice as we go to the end here. But yeah. I think that, to me, I'll just give you a hint that I think that may be one of the reasons why he didn't catch on. Okay. Uh, so leave okay. it at that for Spoiler now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so moving along, the next song is called Is This What You Want, which is the title track. And uh, it, it's known, we'll listen to it, and then I want you to think about does it sound like anything else <laughs> you might know?
2: Yeah. 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 Think real hard. Real hard. It's not going to be that hard to, to draw a parallel. I no. Think. So. rolls
0: a golden money so Choice. I'm buying things for all the boys Is this what you want? to it make you happy? Does it make you feel good? Mohair suits and cowboy boots And plastic troops with sons that shoot A lady with whom you know you can't take roots Is this what you want? And does it make you happy? Does it make no. this you feel Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Apple pie and ice cream, ice cream. do you treat your mama mean? Does it make you happy? Uh, 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 does it make uh, uh, you happy?
2: You're a big fan of the lyric
0: apple pie and ice cream
1: <laughs> that that is definitely what i want but i don't want this song uh, <laughs> yeah uh, well yeah you probably caught that beginning uh, shares a resemblance to i am the walrus at least what what you you were reading a quote that jackie said about the beginning
2: people have said that's jackie lomax doing i am the walrus some of the chords are similar he admits but not exactly. The chorus is all R&B. Ah. All right. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds it sounds sort of I was like before I'd even read that, the ver- very first time I heard this, I was like semi rip-off of <laughs> <ball> Iron Harvest. <laughs> but enjoyable? Oboe? question oh. <laughs> mark? Strange. Yes. The strings on this one work a little mm-hmm. bit better. I think the strings really make it sound very much like i am the walrus yeah yeah Um uh, but yeah some weird nonsensical lyrics i i just
1: can't get past his voice i think it really sounds awful on this it's like just painful to listen to uh, scre- uh way out of range uh can't yeah. find a note uh just pretty pretty off
2: yeah i had made a note uh actually on speak to me i I'm not a huge fan of his voice. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll,
1: we'll get into that more later yeah. on. But uh, that's the second track. So then we move along to, we'll, we'll do the UK version, as we mentioned. Uh, the next one is called, How Can You Say Goodbye?,
2: Well, this is probably the best of the, of the three so far. Uh, I, I like it. It's yeah. cool. Cool start. Uh, the drums are really excellent on mm-hmm. this one. Uh, uh, a good, interesting uh, drum drum track there. Uh, the best lyrics so far. <laughs> At least they <it> make <laughs> sense. Uh, uh, best uh, vocal. But I think the standout on this is the organ. Yeah, beautiful. It's a r- really good. Uh, uh, touch. What do you what do you think of his guitar sound, though, Dave? Is, well,
1: George's guitar, or I guess it's, it's hard to tell because George. One of the treats of the album is you get to hear George playing a lot of guitar, but it is hard to tell sometimes if it's Jackie yeah. or George or EC or EC who it's EC on a couple tracks yeah. uh, too. Comes later. It's it's very late sixties ish with the wah kind of wow. Kind of sharp, sharp sounds. It's okay. I, I I like this one too. I think I like the chord progression. Uh, it's, this one really reminds me of a Beatles song. It could be a Beatles song, especially the chorus with the "How can you say goodbye?" Da-da-da-da-da. That sounds like a very much uh, Harrison or McCartney. So I like the chord progression. This one is a is a thumbs up so far.
2: Yeah, uh, when I heard this track, I was like, oh good, okay, this might not be, so." because yeah. the first two songs I really don't like, and, no. and, and this, this one uh, uh, was better, and I, I like the, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I like this next one too, uh-huh. uh, Sunset, so let's hear a little Sunset.
1: Well, there's something about a descending bass line that gets you going. This was very, uh, that reminds me of While My Guitar Gently Weeps or uh, that kind of a sound. Same key, actually. Uh, Nice progression. I think Jackie sounds good on this one. The piano is really nice uh, on here.
2: Oh, there's this great piano solo sort of uh, uh, three chords the way through and where they change the feel to more of like a shuffle drum feel there. Really good.
1: And of course, we like, I'm sure you like the acoustic bass on this one, the upright bass that's going boom, ba doo, <laughs> boom, boom, boom.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> It gives you something to listen to. So,
2: Well, and once again, the strings on this one, this is a really effective use of the strings where the strings sort of add to the desperation yeah. of the lyrics. So I, I, I enjoy it very much, Sunset.
1: Yeah, I think it's good A lot of the songs on this album, again, coming out around the time that it did It just reminds me of the musical Jesus Christ Superstar A lot of that, which was British, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice So that same, everything was happening at this period in 69, 70 Of this fusion of R&B, rock, blues, soul All things happening here And it's it's got a good feel, I think, to it and Yeah now the next tune's the most famous song on the album, and it's not—it's the only one written not by Jackie Lomax. Who and, wrote this one? Uh, well, the producer of the album, I believe, wrote the uh, next track, which has an unfortunate title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's often voted, at least from what you can, what people have said about, it, often voted one of the best best songs not recorded by the Beatles by a Beatle. And it's Sour Milk Sea by George Harrison
0: If your life's not bright doesn't satisfy you You don't get the breaks like some
1: So, Sour Milk C, this has a star-studded cast, if there ever was one. So, you want to run through the personnel on this track?
2: George Harrison, EC, our our good pal EC on lead guitar there. Nicky Hopkins on piano. Paul McCartney on bass, spring of Star on drums. That's practically the Beatles. It is practically the Beatles, yeah. And an uncredited Hammond organ as well. Well, um, so
1: interesting track here uh, for a lot of reasons. It was recorded by the Beatles themselves uh, during their uh, the Esher sessions, uh, George's house, that where all those acoustic tracks were done for the White Album, right when they got back from India, and it was potentially going to be put on the White Album uh, along with other tracks that were discarded, like "Not Guilty" by George and uh, Yeah so maybe we should listen to the Beatles version and then we can discuss uh, kind of what happened to the tune and what you think how you think it was transformed so here okay. we can listen to the, the Beatles demo <laughs> Uh, So that's the Beatles demo of uh, Sour Milk Sea, which was a George song that he gave to Jackie Lomax to get his career going and start Apple Records. Uh, This was one of the first four singles released on Apple Records, along with Hey Jude and Those Were the Days and Thingamabob by uh, the Black Dyke Mills Band. I don't know. It's, it's uh, interesting. What do you think of the song as a song in general?
2: I don't like this one at all. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a, a mess. Uh, first off, so the Sour Milk Sea. Now, here's a quote. Uh, once again, this is from the Apple website. And this is Jackie Lomax uh, talking about um, the song. He said, George told me that according to these Sanskrit texts, the Earth goes through a transition every 26,000 years and then goes through a fallow period called Sour Milk Sea. What good is a Sour Milk Sea to anybody, right? And then, <laughs> and then the Earth starts regenerating again and goes on for another 26,000 years. That's my understanding. So he's saying, and and, and so this, this song is a, a supposedly about meditation, and he's like, get out of the Sour Milk, like get out of, this bad period we're in by by meditating and yeah. you know whatever, but uh, uh, it's sort of a message. I don't like these message songs where he's like, "You need to do this," mm-hmm. kind of. <laughs> so lyrically, I don't I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. I think it's a weak song. I, I don't agree that it's. If the Beatles had recording recorded it and put it on the White Album, I think it would be considered one of the weaker tracks than the white album probably Interesting. Wow. Uh doesn't work for me at all. And this version of it is too jaunty. The
1: the Jackie Lomax version. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's very jaunty like they've doink, <laughs> doink, doink, and there's too much going on in the solos. It's like, "Hey, we got EC in here. Let's let him just Hey, EC just solo through the whole damn thing. <laughs> A lot of noodling going yeah. on. Yeah. They they there's another quote on here where Jackie Lomax is talking about he's like, you know, oh, the you know, the Beatles are playing in EC and and the tracks sound so great. And then they're like, Oh, they want me to sing over this? And and he got real nervous about having to sing yeah. over the track while well, I'm like, yeah, that's, we don't even need the vocals here. We no, can, let's there's just, enough going let's on. just listen <laughs> to the jaunty little, uh, you know, <laughs> tune or whatever. So yeah. I, I'm not a fan of this at all.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go quite as far. I think there's some, it's, I like the chorus because it, it sticks with you. I couldn't get out of my head. uh It's a, a good tune, at least the chorus part about it. It's weird chord progression though, generally. It's a little bit off-putting yeah uh, it's kind of hard to get into and it, it's just there's a lot going on real that busy sound interesting but most people though they talk when they review this album that's always the the high point of it everyone says it's the best thing Richie Unterberger from All Music finds the lyrics a blend of encouragement and mild scolding <laughs> <laughs> which goes along with what you were saying yeah. and Rates it a serviceable hard rock number with a bluesy, boogie feel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, and it, so that's it well said. It. Well yeah. said.
1: And I, the people have suspected the reason it didn't make the White Album is because it sounds similar to Savoy Truffle. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and that's a better song. So, yeah. anyway, kind of, I guess, just notable for its star-studded cast more than anything else. So, yeah.
2: but anyway, Sour Milk Sea... I mean, it's a miss for me. I, I I can understand where some people be like, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I think there's a little. Sometimes it's like stuff that didn't make Beatles albums, or it's so it the Beatles are so precious to us yes. that it's like, oh oh man, if we could just hear that completed Sour Milk C and it made the White Album, that mm-hmm. would have been awesome. And I'm like, what it. Maybe not. Yeah,
1: compared to compared to not guilty or Savoy Truffle, definitely not.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, now this next track is definitely my favorite. On yeah, Uh, really enjoy it. It's called "Fall Inside Your Eyes."
0: As I look across the room at you, our eyes are joined for just a breath or two. I never finish what I mean to do I start to trail off when I'm halfway through And I fall inside your eyes What it was that I was thinking of I can feel you sigh with my back to you As though the side were mine and I'm attached to you
1: So Fall Inside Your Eyes, for the last song on the original first side of uh, the Jackie Lomax album, Is This What You Want. Uh, nice, pretty. uh beautiful music and i like the roads fender Rhodes on it oh yeah i think also it's nice because jackie's not screaming and he's not yeah. out of his range he's in a very nice comfortable range well
2: yeah this is where i think he's i think he is missing that this is what he how he should be singing yeah this is in his range he's not over i feel like he over sings everything they call him in the in the article uh a a singer of energy and passion right and this i think is him singing with pa- understated passion mm-hmm. and not way 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 too much energy like he sings on all the other tracks yeah um uh i just and, and also the just the lyrics are nice on this you know, it's a good track. The, the rhythm section really destroys this one too. Yeah. The yeah. interplay of the bass and the drums are just fantastic. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And it it's short and sweet. Yes. Too, and it ends just perfectly. It doesn't go on too too long. So th- I loved this track. I thought yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint like what it's like, but there are a couple tracks where where he's understated. Yeah. And and that, that's that's what could have maybe made him more of a hit maker and a star. When, when we're doing these, uh, uh, like the, ne- the next track. Yeah. Uh, uh, when we're doing other, other stuff, it just doesn't work for me. And it's, so that next track, if we flip over the record here, uh, it's called Little Yellow Pills. Yeah, and, and we'll play this one. It's got a crazy intro.
0: Says I'm very ill He's feeding me little yellow pills For my heart And it's a shame, shame
2: What do you think, Dave? Do you think this uh, tracks a shame, shame, shame?
1: (laughs) It kind of is. Yeah. (laughs) Lyrically, it's a mess. Uh, This one reminds me, I I can't can't listen to it without laughing, because I keep thinking it sounds like either game show music, or like, come on down, you know, hey, Mrs. Jones from Cleveland, Ohio. Here she is. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or like some kind of talk show, tonight on the Dick Cavett Show, we've got John Lennon and Yoko Ono <laughs> with the wah-wah going and everything.
2: Or or uh, uh, made me laugh laughing. Like yeah. somebody tells a joke and then they go to, the, you know, as they're dancing around, it's a, a brassy... Uh... Yeah,
1: the brass going. I just yeah. can't take it too seriously, even though I guess it's a pretty serious song about the fact that... You just can't prescribe little yellow pills for everything that ails you.
2: Yeah. Hey, especially heartbreak. Especially heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: <clears throat>
2: not not great. No. <laughs> not great. Uh uh also not great. Uh we won't play this one, but take my word. Uh this is he's once again is desperate singing. Uh <laughs> this time becomes a little bit whiny. <laughs> And uh too much backup vocals on that one uh a wild keyboard sound it sounds like uh it sounds like a manfred man uh blinded by the light of like a weird little whoo sound uh, and then at one point, the lyrics are no, 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 no no, no 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 no, no, that's pretty deep, yeah, Yeah. What do you think? Of Take my word.
1: Uh, forgettable. I don't even remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's four minutes long, so I don't remember it. But the next track was the B side of Sour Milk Sea. And this is uh, supposedly described as a, a kick ass rocker along, like, along with Sour Milk Sea. So we, let's hear a bit of The Eagle Laughs at You. <laughs> So what do you think of the Eagle laughs at you?
2: I, I don't like it. I, I, <laughs> it's one of those, it sounds sl- like one of those sloppy late 60s rock songs that you'd, just generic sounding. Like, you know, if you were walking by a concert, you'd be like, oh, that's your typical, yeah. you know, unknown band playing a 60s song. <laughs> uh uh too much happening on it interesting solo mm-hmm. uh, uh the break there that we just got into there at the end of it it was hey! yeah <laughs> oversung and the vocals are garbage yeah. <laughs> the eagle laughs at you dave
1: Yeah, the eagle does watch laugh. out yeah yeah <laughs> somebody i guess george producing it uh it must have been intentional, but he, but Jackie's really overmodulating on the vo- on the vocals here, and really like got his mouth on the microphone, and yeah. it becomes a little grating. It's fortunately only two minutes and twenty two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, short, but not sweet. But not sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's followed up by a song called, and this is a generic title if there ever was one, "A uh, Baby You're a Lover." Baby.
0: The sun and the moon They must separate People do too Some love, some hate But you're one of the loving
2: Baby, you lover. Yeah. He's better on these contained emotional ballads. Uh, uh, yeah. And they sound a lot better. I, I like it. Uh, Oregon gets a little too busy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I like it uh, a lot better than most of the tracks on the album.
1: Mm-hmm. I, well, I'm getting the sense maybe you think Jackie should have been a balladeer. Have I been, think so. Yeah, I think that's his so. strength.
2: It, yeah. It's his strength. I mean, he, when he's singing just sort of straight up, it's just like he's like, oh, it's a fast one. i got to overdo it. i
0: got to <laughs> sing like this. Overdo it. Yeah, it's sing fast.
2: Instead of like on these, he's just sing one of the most yeah. kind.
1: Actually sounds good and normal and, yeah.
2: and sincere too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're going to skip the next one, which is really called You've Got Me Thinking. And I think it's only notable because EC, we've got some more Clapton on this one. Any thoughts on You've Got Me Thinking?
2: Well, yeah, I was. I said uh, probably the most forgettable of the entire album. <laughs> I really can't even draw it up in my mind right now. No, and no. I just listened to it before we recorded. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit... I, this, this is the one that sounds most like an Ike and Tina Turner mm-hmm. uh, arrangement. <laughs> uh, but extended guitar solo from EC is, you know, okay. Yeah. Pretty yeah. pretty Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder
1: if uh, Eric was uh, just hanging around Abbey Road after playing on While My Guitar Gently Weeps, then he just went over to hang out with Jackie Lomax and just uh, camping. Played out on the... a
2: different legendary track. You yes, exactly. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you have that. And then the album finishes with a song, again, a really generic title, a lot of generic titles on this one, uh, called I Just Don't Know.
0: I don't know if I should, I don't know if I will, I don't know if I still love you with the same kind of feeling now, but I don't know if I could still believe you now, so I just don't know, no, I I just don't know. know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm not I don't know if I can I don't know if I've got the time to see If I could be a fool again to chase a dream and
1: A lot of background vocals on that one but it, yeah. it, it kind of worked it, it's got again that soul sort of slow soul feeling and yeah i think it works okay it, this one uh sounds pretty good and it's a pretty tight arrangement
2: yeah a, a bit of an irritating like lick there yeah. Uh, yeah maybe repeats a few too many times but um uh uh i mean it's probably the least effective of all the ballads yeah. On, on the album, but still, like, it, it, once again, it, it works better. for me. He's yeah. better, he's a little more contained. Yeah, so, you don't have uh, that.
1: He, he does, he only, the only time he screams is uh, in that, the chorus, right? He kind of goes into that belting voice again, but yeah. then the rest of it's okay. So that ends the album uh, proper. There's, uh, there was a 1991 and 2004 and 2010 reissue, Uh, And they added some tracks, including a song called Thumb and a Ride, which was a cover song that Paul McCartney produced, uh, and then some other Jackie tunes, one called Going Back to Liverpool, some mono mixes of tunes, uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, as we wrap up our latest installment of Apple Scruffs, Uh, We go back to the beginning of the episode here, the curious case of Jackie Lomax. So I'm curious, why didn't this album go anywhere? Jackie had all these mishaps along the way. And so we had Brian Epstein dying. We had the Beatles breaking up. uh, We had George uh, getting caught with hashish in his house right when they were going to do some overdubs. But I think still, Badfinger was successful. But I think for Jackie Lomax, it comes down to a lot of what you said with the arrangements and just frankly, I don't think he has a very good voice, and I think it's it's Muppet-like uh, when it gets higher. Uh, it, it just just not effective. It's kind of
0: it's just
1: like annoying to listen to for a long period of time, especially when he does those belting songs. So I think a lot of it, unfortunately, rests on on Jackie himself, but. Uh, There are a couple hidden gems in here like we had on the Doris Troy album and James Taylor's albums and, uh, you know, some some good tracks. So it's certainly interesting. Jackie did continue after the Beatles, or after after Apple Records. He did continue playing for many years. He died in 2013, you know, did make a career out of it. So give him credit for that. Uh, But a pretty interesting story and always fun to look at these Apple scruffs. Just to see what was going on in that crazy company of Apple Records. So, uh, we're going to go out today with another song that was on the remaster. It was another uh, single, I believe, uh, How the Web Was Woven. Yeah, this uh, one's a cover.
2: Yeah, Man, pretty cover. good. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I want to thank you for listening and check out uh, Jackie Lomax. As we said, you can hear him on. Uh, YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you hear your music. So thanks again for listening.